Thank you, Toastmasters, for providing me this platform. It's a privilege to be with you today. My name is Bill Richburg. I'd like to give you about a two-minute summary of my life until now. Then I'd like to take about four minutes to share with you an extraordinary possibility that I am passionately committed to going forward. My vocation is the insurance business. I'm an agent helping Texas families protect their assets and their standard of living. My avocation is writing. I'm an author who writes nonfiction under my pen name, which is William Wilder. My last book is entitled The List. It's available at Amazon.com or just Google The List by William Wilder. Before insurance, I worked in real estate, selling new homes in Dallas and Lubbock, Texas. Uh, I closed about $46 million in residential real estate transaction during that phase of my life. Before res uh, real estate, I spent a decade in the car business, working my way up to general manager of a large Nissan dealership. That is not a job for an old man, by the way. That's for young people. <laughs> my first career after college, I worked in the clothing business, managing stores for Hart Shepherd Marks and Saks Fifth Avenue. I attended McMurray University in Abilene, Texas, where I was honored to receive who's who in American colleges and universities twice in 1977 and 1978. I earned my Bachelor of Arts degree in philosophy in 1978. Now you know the highlights of my biography, but it seems to me in order to get to know a person, you need to know more. You need to know something about what I'm really up to in this life. And you need to know what I consider to be life lessons I've learned along the way. For example, I have learned that there's more to life than a career. I am not my job, and neither are you. There's more to life than accumulating more wealth, improving our standard of living, and acquiring more status symbols and stuff. The myth of the American dream is the mistaken and misguided idea that a higher standard of living will always automatically equate to a higher quality of life. You see, the most valuable things in life are not things at all. When we leave this world, I'm convinced there's only one thing we can take with us. That is what we have become. So I am passionately committed to becoming a better person, enjoying a better life, making our world a better place by inspiring people of all ages and all races and religions and cultures everywhere to come together. An American president named John F. Kennedy once said, our most basic common link is that we all inhabit this planet. We all breathe the same air. We all cherish our children's future. And we are all mortal. Nelson Mandela said, no one is born hating another person because of the color of his skin or his background or his religion. People must learn to hate. And if they can learn to hate, they can be taught to love. Because love comes more naturally to the human heart than its opposite. Imagine with me, if you will, a world where more people all over the world agreed to come together and live in peace and mutual respect because of everything we have in common. Respecting one another's differences. Isn't that really the kind of world we all want to build for our children and their children? If we start where we are and do what we can, we can help build such a world. But here's the crux of the matter. If we're going to be effective, inspiring more people to come together and build a better world, we must each learn to distinguish clearly between our beliefs and facts. Each of us is entitled to our own beliefs, but not to our own facts. Wouldn't you agree? 
It follows logically that our beliefs are not facts. Therefore, we must learn to measure our beliefs on a totally different scale than we measure facts. Facts we measure on a scale of true or false. But we must learn to measure our beliefs on a scale of sound or unsound. In this election year in America, it's useful to notice that this applies not only to our spiritual and religious beliefs, but also to our political beliefs, our philosophical beliefs, as well as our cultural norms. In all of these arenas, how do we distinguish sound from unsound beliefs? Quite simply, sound beliefs will produce people who are kinder, more compassionate, and tolerant, while unsound beliefs produce people who are unkind, cruel, and intolerant. Now, please don't misunderstand. Beliefs are not facts. Yet it is a very good thing for people to embrace sound beliefs. But that is a different conversation for another time. For now, let me offer you these closing thoughts. Some people say this vision for humanity is not realistic or practical. To them, I say, the fact that we can't do everything is no reason not to do what we can. The fact that this work may never be finished is no reason we can't begin. The fact that this world we live in will never be a perfect utopia is no reason we can't come together to make it a better place than it is now for our children. It seems to me we must come together to do what we can while we can to make it so. When darkness falls, we don't try to destroy darkness. We turn on the lights. If you agree, you're welcome to join me in this endeavor. I thank you for your time and attention.